We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This midfield is spectacular. I don't even know if they need a forward. Um, it's they, very, they very much do not. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Lair. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Mac Weldon. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and if I sound groggy, it's not because I'm on the West Coast and it's 5.47 in the morning. It's because I'm still getting over the party that I had for myself uh, with uh, 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 Chelsea overtaking Manchester United last weekend. Andrew, did you party last weekend, too? Not quite. Oh, that's the shame. All right. Uh, it's uh, It was an action-packed week. I apologize that I missed the podcast last weekend. I had to prepare for a trip and got really busy. And um, it's uh, it's good to be back. And I actually did watch games over the weekend, and I kind of wish I hadn't because it yeah. was not the greatest slate of games in terms of entertainment factor, Andrew. Yeah, there were a lot of clean sheets. So if you like that, then it was a big weekend for you. But most of us like goals, and so not as fun. 
Yeah, and even the and even the games that were supposed to be. I, I don't even want to say supposed to be like like high scoring or just it, it was supposed to be like com- they, they weren't competitive nil nils. It was just boring. Yeah, it was supposed to be more fun and it was not. <laughs> yeah, like, I thought, I'm, like just because a game is zero zero to me doesn't mean that it was boring because you can have zero, yep. like for example when Manchester City were uh, last weekend uh, in game week eight uh, when Manchester City were playing Everton that was an entertaining zero zero until you know Everton scored the one and, and it was still entertaining at one zero because City were just yeah. putting passes together they just weren't scoring sometimes that happens but that was not the case for the most part in game week nine. Uh, by the way, for Mac Weldon, if you go to MacWeldon.com and put in the promo code RotoSoccer, you do still get 20% off of your order. So please, head on over to MacWeldon.com. It's a good deal. 20% with RotoSoccer. But it's um, it, it was just really not that entertaining. And I, I, our DraftKings contest kind of reflected that. I don't think we are so bad that between the two of us, we barely score 100 points. <laughs> you know? Like we're not that bad. Like I'm pretty bad. You're not. Uh, but it was just if not even the usual suspects got into the action, it was just not good. It, it, that was the only way to put it. Like it, it basically ever since here. Here's the way I'll sum, sum it up. Ever since I played my wild card and took Ibrahimovic, Sergio Aguero, and Alexi Sanchez, it's been it's been curtains for all the top scorers in uh, in in the in the Premier League. Yeah, it's um. The, I'm trying to look now. The the one GPP that I finally got in, the top score was 130, which like that's that's Low. not that great of a score. Um, in fact, I've had that score in a week. <laughs> there were two guys on that team that scored less than seven, and another that was uh, the goalkeeper was at nine. So like it just didn't. It's just yeah. I mean that happens that we just don't get a high scoring week. It's just weird to see three scoreless draws in one day. Um, you, know, you don't see a lot of. You don't see six goalkeepers get clean sheets and no wins in that often. So, gross. <clears throat> yeah, and and I think and it was all capped off by probably one of the more improbable results with Chelsea and Manchester United. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, let's do wrap around the league. Uh, let the first of the scoreless draws was Burnmouth nil, Tottenham nil. Uh, I mean, I did say earlier that Burnmouth. Not, not, I did say last week that Burnmouth at home are a formidable side because they do get very organized and they can actually score goals. They didn't in this one because Tottenham are also very well organized. But it just looked like two teams that were more interested in just showing off how good they were at being organized rather <laughs> than actually trying to score. It was, it was weird to me to see um, how weak uh, Spurs looked just because, I mean— uh, like we said, Burnmouth are definitely better uh, at home. Uh, certainly, they're they're definitely a better defensive side than people have given them credit for. But I mean, if Spurs Spurs are the only team that haven't lost this year, and yet I realize they didn't lose this match. But I mean, you need you need to beat Burnmouth if you are going to put up like a legitimate title defense. And um, you know, they got some some help elsewhere uh, that we'll get to later. But the I don't know they just. Clearly, their uh, their plan is to play very defensively without Harry Kane because Vincent Janssen's obviously not the finisher, still not. I mean, and uh, Son hasn't been able to really score as much as he was early in the season, and they just don't seem to have uh, an idea of how to attack how to attack without Kane up front. And so, 
you know, they're trying to get by defensively. And while that works against Burnmouth, like you're, you're going to have to score goals at some point. Yeah. And for, for Tottenham, for me, I, I, the best chance fell to Burnmouth. I mean, Charlie Daniels should have scored yes. on that cross and he just happened to hit it right at Hugo Lloris. Yep. And yeah. <clears throat> I mean, Eric Lamella hitting the outside of the post. The only reason why it was noteworthy is because it happened to graze the post. Yes. Otherwise, it was just a shot wide. Yes. Yeah. It, it wasn't that. It wasn't like it was just you know Tottenham bat, you know bat, bashing uh, you know tr- hitting the battering ram at the door and the door just didn't cave in. It was just it was just Tottenham just sitting across the street from the moat and just kind of looking at Burma saying, "Oh, that looks kind of nice." <laughs> yeah. But the if, they were making kind of a big deal about Arthur Boric like moving on that lamella shot that I, I think it literally hit like right at the right at the angle uh but it it wasn't really like it, it was it sounds silly to say but it was like the furthest you could possibly score from a shot that hits the woodwork like it was the the wrong side of the woodwork on both sides <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah and it looked like it it didn't like ricochet off to the side or, or back in play it ricocheted back towards this like just the back of the net right like right. it was already past the post, just hit like the back part. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We don't need to. We don't need to analyze how he hit the post. He, he hit the post. <laughs> hit Charlie the post. Daniels had, and Charlie Daniels had a better chance. Yes, it was a, a much clearer chance. And Charlie Daniels, by the way, the past few weeks has been a, back to his, you know, one of the top fullback form. You know, outperforming Adam Smith by a, a large margin in that in that stretch. Yeah, I think Smith's upside has always been kind of goal scoring and i mean when we're when we're talking about defenders it's still four goals a season so yeah daniels has always been kind of the more reliable option well no actually i think over the last 38 weeks i think charlie daniels has the most goals assists i think it's charlie daniels i think he has four goals and six assists something like that Hmm. Uh, I, I have to, I'd have to, I'd have to look, I have to look that up, but I think I heard that during, during the broadcast that Charlie Daniels is the, 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 the top of the class in terms of goals and assists. I mean, mm-hmm. he I don't know if he crosses as much as Adam Smith does, but yeah, he, uh, Charlie Daniels is definitely taking up the mantle as being that defender to pop up in the box. Does it surprise you at all that Sun played 62 minutes and only completed nine passes? He played center forward. But like, don't uh, you think... Like I think Harry Kane gets many more than that. Like it just doesn't seem like. No, I, I mean it. It, it, it goes to it, I'm just it goes to show you what I, what the game was. It was just trying to see who was more well organized in the midfield. Yeah. Neither for like, Callum Wilson didn't do anything either. No. Josh King was not very visible. I mean Jordan Ibe had a, I think a chance or two, but he's Jordan Ibe. Uh, and Junior Stanislas wasn't really a factor. It was just bad it was just really really bad that's the only way i can put it yeah i agree fair yep all right let's move on to another game that was bad it was arsenal mill burrow nil i caught bits and pieces of this game i just love that the video recap for this game was about 58 seconds long (laughs) you keep you keep kind of cutting out i'm not sure what it's like uh i can't even describe all right, other than basically cutting out, I assume it's the hotel internet, though. Yeah, the, the, I, I'm staying at a four star hotel. The internet should be good. Yeah, um, that was a little better, I guess. But um, what did you say about Middlesbrough? And then I'll just go from there. All right. So let's go to another game that was bad. It was Arsenal nil, Borough nil. Uh, basically, most video recaps of games are about three to four minutes long. This one was 58 seconds. 
that was like 55 seconds too long. This one, it, such an unbelievable missed opportunity for Arsenal. Uh, they could have gone top of the table with, um, especially with Man City, um, you know, putting up a dud themselves. So there's just like uh, classic Arsenal, classic Arsenal. They got nothing going. And um, obviously because I stacked them on my DraftKings lineup, uh, they did nothing, so there you go. I thought we'd see a little more out of Mesut Ozil uh, uh, just because Santi Cazorla was out and there just really wasn't that much from there either. Just when you think they're playing at their best, Arsenal will remind you that they can be worse. Yeah, and, and they're not necessarily a club that like plays down to their opposition. Like They 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 definitely do beat like the clubs they're usually... You know, they usually beat the clubs they're supposed to beat, but... Um, I mean, home against Burrow, how do you not get three points out of that? Ugh. It's one of those games where you, you have to lay down markers. Like, this is this is who we are. I mean, in Arsenal, I thought they were doing that, the way that they dismantled Chelsea a yep. few weeks ago. Like that, that, Again, when they're playing at their best, they remind you, yep, we're, 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 we, we, can st- we can still be bad. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, coming off that 6 nothing demolition of Ludo Goretz, who I realize is not, you know... Ludo Goretz is in Barcelona, but they're also, you know, Burrow's not significantly better. So, like, ah, ah. <laughs> but, yeah, my Iwobi, Alexis, Hector Bellerin combo turned out to be quite poor. Six last weekend. Uh, Whoa. I'll go out on a limb and say they won. Hold on one second. Weekend. Do you think Burnus can break through on, on Tottenham? Uh, I don't necessarily think. Some, <laughs> so, somehow so Friday's they- podcast <laughs> I don't know what just hit. my computer just went insane. Actually, don't don't cut this. I thought that was really funny. Uh, all of a sudden, I hear Chris Owen's voice as my subconscious when talking about Burrow. Apparently, yeah, really. Um, but for me, Burrow, Burrow too. They put up nothing either. Like it's not like it was just about Arsenal doing nothing. It was Arsenal doing. We're doing so much nothing that Burrow actually could have taken advantage of this and chose not to. They decided not to. You know what? They they, they didn't want to score too. Or it looked like they didn't want to score too early, even in the 89th minute. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. I mean, other than um, Negredo, who actually had a pretty open opportunity, and he just took one extra step that allowed uh, Laurent Koscielny to catch up to him. Like nobody really looked that dangerous, uh, at least in terms of actual goal scoring. Adama Traore looked amazing like he (laughs) there was at one point somebody tweeted out that he he was sprinting down for a ball and reached a speed that had never been recorded before in a premier league game yeah the barcelona product who actually was was on aston villa last year who i don't understand i remember saying that adam atriori when he made the transfer i was like look this is a young player that's exciting this is this is interesting to me and it took until in the middle of October to actually see him start for the first time. But I'm hoping to see more of him, and I'm not sure if we will. Why not? He's so uh, – the, the, the knock on it is that he's young and he's raw. I mean, not that Mills – not that Burrow have championship aspirations, but they do need to get – they need they do need to achieve safety, and he's not going to really come back and defend. No, that is certainly true. Um, I, I think uh, his performance against Arsenal – certainly deserves another start. Um, they, he, I guess he started instead of Stuani, who really hasn't been that great. Like, not 
he hasn't been good enough where <clears throat> he has to keep his spot. So, um, yeah, I think he, he's definitely worthy of a try. It's weird that a young Barcelona product ended up at Villa and Middlesbrough instead of Stoke, but whatever. Yeah, you know, they decided to get exotic with their transfer policy. Mm-hmm. It was a good Not move. I, ever- he looked he looked really he looked dangerous. Like he looked like the kind of guy who who could break a game open himself. And not a lot of yeah, clubs and, have a player like that. Yeah, and I think that the lower level clubs should play fearlessly like that. They should try to go at the top teams, but most of them don't in the Premier League. Yeah. And what's fascinating to me is Middlesbrough will will play against Burnmouth next week and I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's a relegation six-pointer, but it's the tier that's right above that. Right. It's the 15th games, place. Yeah, and those pointer. games tend to not be – most teams tend to be risk-averse yep. in those games. Totally. And I'm not sure if you'll see that. And it's, it's somebody, mm-hmm. it will, we'll, we'll monitor it going going forward, but Adam Atriori was he's – the, he's the young gem that Aston Villa thought that he was. Yeah. And now he's on Burrow. <laughs> right. His, his fate is improving – Gradually. Right. All right. Let's go on to Leicester 3, Crystal Palace 1, the offensive explosion from Leicester. And Crystal Palace are back to kind of looking kind of aimless again. Uh, and what, the only unfortunate thing is that for Crystal Palace, if you had a Crystal Palace midfielder, it probably wasn't Yoan Kabai. Yeah. Uh, that, I actually don't know if that's true. I think, uh, at least in daily formats, he... Like, as soon as we saw that Jason Punchin was out, uh, Kabai was going to be the one to be on corners and and free kicks. So um, he, I mean, it, it made sense to pick him. Uh, Andrus Townsend still finished with more than double the crosses. If, if that was kind of the, if corners were what you were thinking would get you a lot of crosses, then it was still uh, Townsend. But uh, one player that looked pretty good who hasn't looked that great this season is Wilfried Zaha. I mean, mm-hmm. he, got, he assisted on Kabai's goal. Yeah, like he got an assist, three shots, five crosses. I mean, he uh, I think it was five chances created, too. He he looked pretty good, and I don't know if that's a result of Kabai, um, you know, coming in and not necessarily getting quite as forward as Punchin likes to, so Zaha had more space, or it was just that he's starting to attack more, but they, they, they look good. Yeah, Ben Teke nearly losing. invisible. Yeah, he... Um, well, he took five shots. I mean, he wasn't totally invisible, but um, I said nearly. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he's a he's a classic goal dependent forward. So when he doesn't score, he can put up kind of a dud. Yep, and remember, I you I picked him up on the wild card. So again, no scoring since. <laughs> now for the Leicester side, the right side, the winning side. Christian Fuchs gets on the board and heck so of a goal. Two, and so do two of the the, the two of the backup. Yeah strikers of the of the four that Leicester have so uh, Shinji Okazaki and Ahmed Musa both getting on the scoreboard um for Musa he's actually been starting recently and in play I mean, Jamie Vardy has fallen is really the, the 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 moral of the story here Jamie Vardy is I don't think he's going to be a regular in the starting 11 I think it's more matchup dependent Musa mm. started out wide which uh I from what I gather is really the, his better p- spot to play. Um, and obviously worked out well, uh, last weekend, but he, I feel like if you're looking at Lester forwards, uh, and even without last weekend's performance, I feel like you would look at Islam Slimani before Vardy anyway. Like, I'm not sure anybody could make the case to go with Vardy other than like, it's a differential. 
uh, which, you know, you're almost admitting at that point that he's not as good, but like, oh, he's different. So I'll just choose him. So, but I'm not sure you'd really take Musa or Okazaki over Vardy, would you? Musa, maybe if he continues. To, uh, for example, if Musa starts out wide in the four four two, and Vardy is one of the two, and Vardy is playing with Slomani in the in the two part, I'd I'd be very I'm very high on Ahmed Musa to start. Yeah. So, but Ahmed Musa is a forward that could get midfielder like production because he'll try to create chances. He'll get some shots, and Vardy is the goals very very much the goal dependent forward yes and going 11 straight games with a goal is not something he's likely to do again Ooh, watch out on that limb mike <laughs> yeah i agree um but yeah I, I i can't like i said i can't figure out a, a way that i'd be convinced that vardy was the better play than slimani okazaki is clearly fourth despite the goal um but yeah i mean you could make i'd like to see musa keep playing where he is it's uh it's obviously in place of uh, All Brighton, who hasn't been that great this season. Uh, so it's not like he's got a tremendous uh, battle for playing time. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It's a it's a quick group now. I mean, Vardy was obviously fast himself, but like the yeah, I, I was gonna say like I don't think there was a tremendous upgrade in speed there, but there is well, especially the, Musa the- All Brighton to Musa is a significant speed upgrade. Obviously, oh, yeah, when yeah, they yeah. tried Jeff Schlupp there, it didn't work. So. Maybe Moose is the solution there. I think I think I was just about to say if they play, you know, three out of the four up front would be Mares, Vardy, and Musa. That is a lot of speed. And then Slomani has size and strength, you mm-hmm. know, to balance it out. I think that would be very attractive going forward, but it does leave a lot to be desired defensively. So Casper yeah. Schmeichel may be under siege. And in this game, he outsaved Mandanda by five to one. Yep. Yep. So it wasn't like it, 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 so, just something to keep in mind. Lester may, you know, Casper Schmeichel could be a poor man's Tom Heaton. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be very, yeah. Long. He's an expensive man's Tom Heaton. And I've also probably. needed, I've also, yeah, and I've also needed a segue to start talking about Mr. Tom Heaton. Tommy Heat, bring in the heat. Uh, he's, uh, he is just so good. Uh, Burnley two, Everton one. The surprising that he gets a win because I did not think they would actually beat Everton. Yes. However. What's not surprising is a Tom Heaton six or seven save performance. Mm-hmm. It's just not, especially against teams that like to shoot, whatever yeah. Everett would do. Uh, Stecklenburg, who we thought might have, like, you know, la- even just as early as last week, saving two penalties, you know, I was thinking about renaming the Tom Heaton effect to the Martin Stecklenburg effect. Uh, no, absolutely <laughs> not. It's still the Tom Heaton effect. Uh, it's, it's really, it, it, it's great to be right once in a while. And I think. <laughs> I think I was the first one on the Tom Heaton train. I I worry for him because of it. <laughs> I think they should just what bubble de- wrap him for the week. De- and... yeah. What devastating injury is he going to incur? Something... Is basically what you're thinking. I'm I'm worried for him. Yeah. So because he's I been great, and you, yes, I I believe you were the first to be on Tom Heaton. What I think it, what I think is going to happen, the way he is going to end his season. He is going to save a penalty, and he's going to do it so well that he dives so far to the side and knocks himself unconscious by slapping his head against the post. <laughs> that would be quite a job. While getting the save. Right. So like, and actually catching the penalty. <laughs> Not yes. blocky, just catching it. 
And he, and he, uh, exactly. He's going to do something so spectacular, but in the meantime, injure himself for the rest of the season. Mm, Either that or like he'll plant his foot down on the ground, tear his ACL, and then... Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to jinx all the bad ways that he can get injured so that it won't happen. I can't I'm, tell. I, I admittedly have not watched every single one of his saves, but I can't tell if it's because of him or because of the defense. No, it, it's the system. They will allow. But that's you what I mean. To like if if he got hurt, 18. you would automatically take. Uh, uh, what's not Tom know. Heaton? Yes, yeah. I would take whoever is, I would take. I would take Burnley goalkeeper, like EFSA style. Mm-hmm. I think the Burnley goalkeeper is one of the more valuable positions this season. Yeah, okay. In, or, it, it, I mean, he's going to outscore, I think, every defender this year <laughs> on Burnley, on everyone. Oh, wow, okay, on everyone. Your boy Patrick Bamford got another minute. The irony that your mic went out when I brought up Bamford is just wonderful. Moving on from Patrick Bamford, uh, I mean, for Burnley, it's just so surprising. I mean, ever since you mentioned that Vokes won aerial duels, he can't stop scoring. Yeah, yep. And for somebody Scott else's Arfield. Taga team. Yeah, and Scott Arfield finally coming good to all that preseason hype you and John Wallen were giving him, a goal and an assist. Yep, I dropped him in EFSA for... Uh... Ahmed Musa, who I didn't start last weekend. Yes, but uh, the the only this is like the one time where the usual suspects did actually do something, and it was on Everton, and it was Romelu Lukaku assisting Yannick Bellassi, who have looked great as an attacking pair up yep. front. Yep. I actually think expectedly you would think it was the other way around, but. Well, yeah, but I mean, this will be the this will be the more rare occurrence, you know, yes. in terms of goal and assist. But the pairing itself being on the score sheet, not surprising. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I actually picked up Lukaku in uh, FPL. I dropped Ibrahimovic for him, so that that worked out well. I think I'm going to try to make up ground without Ibrahimovic or Aguero and see what happens. Yeah, I hate that format altogether. Still do, <laughs> because you're, you're, good luck. Because what? Because watch them now start scoring again, and now you're going to be even farther behind. Yeah, the reason why I struggle with it so much is uh, I feel like the MLS game, which is very similar. Uh, it's the same idea, like same number of bench, same number of players. And, um, you know, it's a salary cap and certain moves is that it's just a little more aggressive. So like you get two transfers a week and the scoring is a little, you know, you get like defensive uh, bonuses and stuff like that, as opposed to just like three players each game getting bonus points. Like I, um, it's just, it's just so limited. Like, I, I just don't understand why people like it so much. <laughs> Uh, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I I really don't understand it. But another thing I don't understand is a team named Stoke getting back-to-back clean sheets. Clean sheet and wins. Clean sheet wins, yes. The 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 Lee Grant renaissance has just been <laughs> a, a thing of beauty for Stoke fans. Uh, back-to-back 2-0 victories. Now, granted, they were against Sunderland and Hull, but they all count the same in yep. terms of the standings. Yep. Uh, surprising to me is Jordan Shakiri. Uh, he's either way up or way down, and he scored twice in this one. And Ryan Shawcross got the rarely, really rare assist. <laughs> the like, I don't, I don't know how to respond with Shakiri. Like the Shakiri thing has been like so frustrating because he's clearly the right play every week for Stoke. Like if you look at the Stoke attacking set, 
Shakiri should be the first guy every week. And then the week I take him, it's like it's Joe Allen. And then the week I don't take either of them, Shakiri like breaks out. So like, am I was I right about Shakiri or was I just constantly like that's what always gets me with people who like it happened uh, last year when Harry Kane like went on that goal drought for like a month and a half at the beginning of the season. And then like every week we're like, Kane's going to break out. Kane's going to break out. And then he finally scores in like the 12th game. And we're like, we told you so. And it's like, well, we were wrong for 11 weeks. Like being right once doesn't, shouldn't make up for that. And that's how I'm starting to feel about Shakiri. that I'm like, I'm, it feels like he should have been the right play the whole time, but like he hasn't been until this past game. Yeah. And for me, uh, for me, Shakiri is, I'm going to try to make a San Francisco analogy, which is where I am right now. It's like driving in the rain in Knob Hill. Like, sure, you get a really good view once in a while, but otherwise it's just like an out-of-control roller coaster trying to contain yourself. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, it, it, once in a while you will get a, a, like a thing of beauty, like that bicycle kick that he scored for Switzerland even in the, yeah. in the Euros. But you'll also get an uninterested winger who gets frustrated when the ball doesn't come to him enough. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird because he, he's he feels like he should be fairly safe, uh, in terms of fantasy value, and I guess ultimately you're gonna have to pay for more than his floor allows, and he sees his floor a lot more than he sees his ceiling. I mean, obviously most players are that way, but it just seems like he's got a higher percentage of closer to floor games than closer to ceiling. But and and it's not like he's one of the. It's the weirdest thing because he's not a low floor player because he doesn't do peripheral things because he does do peripheral things, especially Mm -hmm. crossing and chances created. He just doesn't always do those things. He doesn't always do the peripheral things either. And it's not like he scored twice and do no – he either gets everything or nothing. He'll fill (laughs) up the entire stat sheet or none of it. Yeah. Which is incredibly frustrating if you own him. Incredible. But like if you – so Stoke have like a great run of games coming up. Uh, yeah, because they had they, they, they them and Hull had a really tough. This is also be, supposed to be a good stretch for Hull too, right. because well, yeah. But if so, if like you're looking at it from an FPL side, is Shakiri the guy you go for? Like, if you wanted well, a Stoke attacker, who do you go for? Arnautovic takes Why? penalties. Um, does he? Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, tr- I picked up Boney for our DraftKings contest. I thought this was a great matchup. Nope. Yeah. Boney's toast. <laughs> Bonnie, excuse me. I listened to a Arlo White podcast that he confirmed that it's Bonnie. He asked, he asked the guy, so I feel bad calling him Boney now. But anyway. Wilfred. Yeah. Um, he just, yeah. The, I'm not sure Bonnie has higher upside than any of the other guys anyway. I th- I put like Bonnie Ar- in the same class as Abel Hernandez at this point. <laughs> I'm just saying Arnautovic is just as likely to score twice as Bonnie, if not more. So, yeah, I don't I don't know if I I don't know if I be- not believe, but I don't know if I th- agree that Arnautovic is the better play than Shakiri. But I will not have Joe Allen. I'm not falling for this crap. I, I see it, but <laughs> I get it. I will I will not happily lose money yep. because of Joe Allen, but like. I'm not gonna. You don't, you don't mind being wrong on Joe Allen. No, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine with that. Yeah. All right. If I have to win Let's... with Joe Allen, that's not even really winning. Well, 
Swansea haven't won yet under Bob Bradley, but they did get a point. His yes. first point in the Premier League, the first point ever by an American manager. USA. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Swansea nil, Watford nil. I don't think we have to say anything else about this game. Uh, the only thing worth saying is that it's clear he doesn't know who he's going to play. Like He made significant well, lineup changes, and we still don't really know, other than Gilfie Sigurdsson and Mo Barrow, who will be lining up for them. Which yeah. makes it uh, I, a very tough for FPL because. Oh no, I love I love the Mo Barrow. Oh, I just well, mean well. Yes, Barrow seems to be pretty consistent. Um, I mean, as much that, as you can be consistent. That, in two if games, I say but, that he's played twice in the yeah. two games. <laughs> but he's looked good enough to I think keep a spot. But like everybody else, all the defenders have been kind of moved around. Um, they have so many interchangeable midfielders like Jack Cork and Britton and Key and uh, Leroy Fair didn't even start last weekend so. Bradley's clearly going to keep tinkering until he figures out who he wants to play. And so that makes yeah. it very tough for when, you know, lineup locks before you see lineups like an FPL. So yeah, the, 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 the Leroy fair omission was surprising, but well, I think he just had to see what his other guys had. He's yet to win. He's yet to get a point with Leroy fair in the lineup. And he gets points in every game that he manages in England with Alfie Mawson or whatever the I think that was his name. Do you have more? I got nothing. Okay. Uh, so do Sunderland, and they scored nothing. And West Ham did West Ham put together back to back clean sheets? Yes, they did. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> uh, all right, but I... <laughs> they've gone three in the back. One of which is uh, Kuyate, who is pretty good, actually, back there. So, yeah, they're starting to figure that out. This one was out without Cresswell. He'll be back, though, um, for this coming weekend. But, I mean, shutting out a banged-up Sunderland, who look like they may as well get relegated by Boxing Day. So, uh, I don't know if this should count as a full clean sheet, (laughs) despite how bad West Ham have been defensively. Is Jermaine Defoe droppable? Uh, like in a Taga league? Yeah. No. No. Just, it, it, this is as low as it gets. Right? I mean, it's Sunderland. We didn't expect them to be that high. This is the first year in a while where I didn't think they were going to be relegated. Mm-hmm. And what do you know? They look and they spent money. Like yeah. they spent money and. Like record signings, even like DBA and Dong, and it's just, it's just swing and a miss after swing and a miss. Well, I think the injuries have really played a, a toll on them. Not that they have like Ibrahimovic coming back from injury, but they, a lot of the players that Moyes wanted to build around are not there, and so, uh, you know, it's tough to get going when you're essentially just trying to get by week to week until the players you want uh, to play can play. So. That being said, um, I wouldn't necessarily start Jermaine Defoe, but I wouldn't drop him. Ugh. Just all Sunderland games, if you have a Sunderland player, you just turn off the TV and hope something good happens. <laughs> right. It, you can't. It's unwatchable. Yeah. All right. It's Let's nice to, to see Wabi Kazri at least get some playing time, even though he'll be benched the moment Adnan Yanazai comes back, but... He's well, interesting, at least. At least. Yeah. Let's go to one game that at least made a little bit of sense. Liverpool scored twice, but did let up a goal against West Brom, who, mm-hmm. of course, scored a goal. Yes. Um, however, 
you know, like you were depending on the Liverpool defense. Uh, what was good to see about Liverpool is that all the usual suspects were there. So Roberto Firmino and Sadio Mane getting assists for Sadio Mane and Philippe Coutinho. Mm-hmm. Uh, this midfield is spectacular. I don't even know if they need a forward. Um, it's they, very, they very much do not. Like yeah. and, they, and they very much have not had a good forward this season. Uh, yeah. Daniel Sturridge continues to flounder. Um, I think Hal Robson Canoe has just as many goals and assists as <laughs> Daniel Sturridge this season. The, I mean, that's kind of the biggest issue they have now is that, and it kind of feels like Wayne Rooney at the beginning of the season for Manchester United that like they feel kind of obligated to start him. Obviously, Jurgen Klopp didn't in this match, but they are much better with Roberto Firmino playing that false nine. Um, Milner didn't wasn't on the score sheet. Um, I know he's a defender on on like DraftKings, but in FPL and and um, Taga and Yefsa, he's a midfielder, so he he was unable to get in on the action, but. The, yeah, I mean, you're going to have the same problem with Liverpool every week. Uh, you know, is it going to be Coutinho? Is it going to be Sané? Is it going to be uh, Firmino? Usually it's not all three of them, but, you know, we obviously got that this past weekend. So, um, like, who do you go to? Who's your top Liverpool midfielder? Sadio Mane still for me. Did I, I say Sané before? I meant, yeah. Yeah, Sadio Mane is still the go-to midfielder for me. Okay. I know a lot of people will say Coutinho or Firmino, but I think they're um, all e- like. <clears throat> I think the problem is they're all equal. They all can have explosive games, and they can all put up total duds. Um, I, I don't know. I just I, I'm not sure what separates one from the other. Mane to me seems to just he's the one that makes it. T- uh, well, Coutinho makes a tick going forward, but Mane seems to be the most consistent person in the final third, getting the crucial touches. That this is just an eyeball test. Yeah, no yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. There's no don't science know. behind this, but the games that I watch, I mean, the the best chances tend to fall to Sadio Mane or Roberto Firmino. Uh, but I would put Coutinho third in that list. I'd go Mane, Firmino, Coutinho. Either way, there is not t- like you were saying. There's not a ton that separates them. But if you force me to rank them, and consistently it, it bears my rankings when we do our weekly rankings, is that Mane comes first. And then Firmino is close behind him, and Coutinho is close behind Firmino. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Ultimately, if you if you only have one, um, yeah, you're just kind of stuck. What's weird is that the co- it's they seem to be a little less cohesive without Adam Lallana in the lineup. I was, <laughs> I was just about to say, I, I, maybe Lallana is actually the best one. Um, Lallana is the one who is basically not like for like replacing Daniel Sturridge, but Stur- when Sturridge doesn't start is because Lalana uh, gets to join this group. And yeah, they look so much better with him. And I've, I've never been like the biggest Lalana fan. Uh, it seems like every Liverpool supporter I know loves him. And yeah, he, I'm not sure his upsides as high as those other guys, but he, yeah. I mean, he comes up with goals in, in various spots that you're like, Oh yeah. Uh, Adam Milana plays for this team and is caught up. I mean, obviously, you know, if he's the the cheapest of the group, I, I understand, you know, kind of paying down, hoping to get some exposure to the Liverpool attack through him instead of, you know, paying up for Firmino or Coutinho or Mane. So, but, it, but you're still left with the problem of like, you know, you, you could always pick the wrong one. Well, you can take some solace in the fact that both you and I scored more points than Loris Karius this past weekend. <laughs> Score zero saves, one goal let up. Yep. 
I mean, that can that can happen. Liverpool aren't giving up that many shots this season, so they they're kind of the anti um, Burnley that you're not going to get a ton of shots uh, to get save opportunities. So, in fact, I believe they've let up the fewest shots in the entire league, which is astonishing based on how poor well, they were defensively have, last year. When you have the ball all the time. Well, they don't have the ball all the time, but they do have the ball a lot, and they press really high up the pitch, and a lot of teams don't like that. Mm -hmm. So teams like West Brom will just boot it far, and it's basically like West Brom will punt on second down if it's second and 20. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like To use like an NFL analogy, like they just – they don't want to have the ball that long. They don't want to try – they'll make a mistake if they try to have to – if they have to go 20 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at these stats here, so Liverpool have let up the fewest shots – as well as the fewest, or I'm sorry, not the fewest shots on target, but the fewest shots. But the they've given up the highest percentage of shots that have turned into goals and shots on target into goals. So, like, they may not give up a lot of shots, but the ones they're giving up are going in. <laughs> they are good shots. Right, right. They give <laughs> they, up good they, shots. They, they, yes, they, they tend to go for quality and not quantity. Right. Which is the, that, you know what they are? They are the anti-Burnley. That's what I mean, yeah. Defensively. Yeah. And that's why you don't have to get the big name like got <laughs> the big name players to get big name production. Okay, go. let's go on to the Sunday slate because I'm uh, I'm still tickled to talk about uh, <laughs> talk about Manchester United and Chelsea, and we only have one more game to go until we get there. Manchester City one, Southampton one. Second half super sub Kalechi Ayanacho getting the goal, and Leroy Sané, who has had consecutive starts, getting the assist. Um. It was weird to me. Oh, sorry. And uh, Nathan Redmond scored on a goal. Thank you to John Stones. Yeah, John Stones um, assisted. And John Stones getting a goal called back for Sergio Aguero being offside. Right. Correct. Uh, rightly, uh, correctly called. And if that's more consistent, I think it'll be a net positive for the league. But anyway, um, Southampton, they looked organized. Yep. They, they, they kind of, they, I mean, they frustrated Manchester City, especially in the first half. They kind to be fair, Southampton deserved a lead. Yes. At that at that time in the game, and then you know they they kind of poked the bear when it was sleeping, and Manchester City then you know woke up and were were attacking with with some fervor. But to me, I'm not sure what the best midfield three is, if it needs to even be a midfield three behind Sergio Aguero, Who which is you- trouble. Um, like you know, De Bruyne will be there, but who else? Silva is definitely there. Uh, you know, everyone says that, but I don't see it. Uh, 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 he's just he he's good at keeping the ball and moving the ball around, but his incisiveness has really dropped hmm. this season in terms of his passing. Uh, I'm not seeing the danger man that you used to see. Uh, I think maybe just because De, De Bruyne kind of overshadows him. De Bruyne picked up a knock though; he came off at halftime, which kind of allowed. Silva to be a little more creative, but um, I still think he, I mean, I still think he's easily there. I don't want, I wouldn't say best midfielder, but I think he, he fits that role pretty well. I mean, you need somebody to kind of move that ball um, from the back to the front and De Bruyne isn't really that guy. It's, I think it's more Silva, although uh, Gundogan has, yeah, has looked pretty right. good too. And Fernandino can do it too. Yeah. So, you know, that's, I think that I, I, that if we want to call that a double pivot, I think that that works out very well. Um, and they, they've been doing that ever since Gundogan was healthy. Yes. And 
<clears throat> to me, it seems like Nolito and Sané out wide would be the best option. Or if you want to do a like a, if you want to do two forwards and you want to put Ayanacho up there, you can you can easily have instead of Nolito, you just have like a four four two, and you have De Bruyne or four two two two, the old system <laughs> still. You know, you can have De Bruyne and Sane being the two, like the two attacking midfielders behind Ayanacho and Aguero. Yeah, Nolito's. I, I, I really don't think David. Sil- I think David Silva at this point is almost a surplus to requirements. Uh, I think he. I think he plays a role that not a lot of guys on this team can play. I think that's the problem. That when he, if if he's not playing, then De Bruyne needs to play more that middle role and he's I don't think he's necessarily in in terms of um just like I said I think he moves the ball from the back to the front much better than De Bruyne does and if De Bruyne has to take that role then he's not creating as much because he's looking ahead as opposed to waiting for the ball to come to him and so you you're done with Raheem Sterling yeah I forgot about Raheem Sterling (laughs) um yeah he's been really good yeah him and Sané kind of play the same game yeah, I mean, oh. Sané started basically on the right and Sterling on the left. It, it, the Sterling's decent play has basically made Nolito moot. Like, there's no—I'm not sure how Nolito gets in if they're comfortable with Sané on the right. Yeah, it's—it's—it's it, it's, it's a really good problem to have for Pep, who has now actually gone, I think, five straight games without a win. Yeah, long time but, since he's done that. But. It's, it's one. It's a good problem to have, but it's still something that he needs to solve. I don't think he knows what his best attacking lineup is. I think he's figured out who his defense is. Really? Because they look pretty bad. They look pretty, pretty bad. bad. I don't think they look pretty bad defensively. I mean, John Stone. Stone's, John Stone's. He is a young defender who is a ball moving defender. If you have a young ball moving defender, occasionally he'll make a mistake moving the ball. Yeah. You just have to live with that. And Company came that. back and looked okay. Um, yeah, I think I, I say, if you're depending on Vasson Company, no, yeah, health wise, you're in big trouble. I think the problem that calf, that calf problem is chronic, and to the point where he's probably going to retire. Yeah, um, Ian Acho, like, I, how do you not play him? Like, the numbers are astonishing. How often he scores when he plays, and I realize it's obviously going to change if he plays more. But like, how do you not? I mean, obviously, we just went through all the players they have, so he's you know you're going to have to start him over. Either Sane, Nolito, Sterling, Silva, maybe. Like, I just, but man. Well, you know what the big rumor is right now circulating around Manchester City? Um, I don't. Messi? That Sergio Aguero is getting sold. Oh, for Messi? No, for uh, Obama Yang, but. Oh, yeah. But where's he going to, like, who's buying Sergio Aguero? Real. They, they don't have a spot for him. Ben, Benzema is not permanent anyway it, 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 here you first of all you would make room here's my <laughs> said that about PSG, Hamas and he's not playing either or PSG there, there, there's tons of there's tons of players there's tons of teams that would take him is my point Bayern um, Bayern wouldn't pay, wouldn't pay they would him. never do it they don't they don't spend the big money like right. that that's what but, I'm saying there aren't tons of teams there are two maybe two no I no I don't think so How? anyway first of all Chelsea would Chelsea would go in on him for one, they would never sell to Chelsea, but Chelsea would go in for Sergio Aguero. Just throwing that out there. All right. Now, hold on a second, though. Should be Man for, United, by the way. 
when Ibrahimovic leaves. But speaking of things that would never happen. <laughs> exactly. Fine. Here's my here's my overall assessment, though. It, it, I mean, if those rumors start getting louder, we are going to have to look at Sergio Aguero's performances and seeing if this is actually being if this is a real thing. Like, if this is really a distraction, is his head turned? I'm I'm being super hacky tabloid journalist right now, <laughs> but yeah, it is kind of inexplicable the ineffectiveness of Manchester City currently. Yes. Yeah, they were supposed so, to run away with the title to this year. Yeah, so when something I mean, first, we should... ha- when something inexplicable is happening, you have to look to the inexplicable as explanations, and mm-hmm. this is probably one. This could could be one of them. Yeah, it's just it's it's really surprising is really what I'm trying to get at here, and I I, I wish I had a more logical explanation. I just don't, and it just I just think it's a matter of time. I mean, Manchester City could easily get right next week. I don't even care who the matchup is; it, it, they could easily just you know score seven goals in a game. I mean, sure. it is West Brom at West Brom, so I mean you, they're going to hit a wall, but you know they could easily have the sledgehammer to break it down. Yep. Yep. All right, let's get to the game I've been dying to talk about. Please, we should uh, we should do a break first. <sighs> Go ahead. I was going to let you do it. Oh, now I'll, have to, now I'll have to edit this, oh, how wait, awkward this wait. is. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. No. Um, actually, I just don't have it right now because right now, you know what the problem is? I'm not wearing my Mack Weldon underwear, so I don't have the confidence that most Mack Weldon underwear guys do to have seamless transitions to underwear breaks, if you will, in, in podcasts. Oh, man, this is terrible. How are you we traveling gotta... for business without wearing your Mack Weldons? I've already worn them. Oh. I wore them. I, I wore them for the first day for the first day of what I was doing here to oh, get my confidence up. So there you go. It's just. Do you think people will notice fact. today when you come in just not quite as confident, and then you're really like, "I'm sorry, I, I already I wore my nice underwear." Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My intelligence goes down when I'm not wearing the smart fabric for smart men. Makes sense. Makes sense to me. <sighs> oh, my God. Let's get to our final briefing here. That was good. All right, go. uh, Chelsea four, <laughs> Manchester United. No, all I did was looked over at the Mac Weldon underwear. Anyway, uh, it was Chelsea four, Manchester United nil. No. Um, this was, this was. I felt almost bad for Mourinho, and then I heard his post-game comments oh about how oh the gosh. antics on the pitch for Antonio Conte were unprofessional, and I laughed and laughed and laughed, and I no longer felt bad for absolutely crushing Manchester United and Jose Mourinho. To be honest, it was I had some mixed feelings going into the game, because I really do appreciate all that Jose Mourinho's done for Chelsea. I was going to say, you, uh, not that you ever got to the point where you were like fed up with him, well, maybe you were just a little fed up. But you always liked him. And yeah. you just thought he kind of went a little crazy doing the same thing. Well, Literally like, clinically again, insane that he was doing the well, same no, thing. No. It's, no one is going to ever be... It, it, he doesn't like to be deflated. And no one is going to deflate him. So what he is going to do is inflate himself in any kind of situation. Yeah. Um, and... And what happens is when you do that is sometimes you tend to sound ridiculous. <laughs> I and, think. But to be fa- to be fair, three three of his star players did quit on him last season, and that's yes. unforgivable. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, the obviously the early goal knocked his plan out completely. Like it's kind of crazy to like have a specific plan 
uh, for a 90 minute game and have it go to total crap 30 seconds in. Like that's a long 89, 89 and a half minutes to have to go and with a totally different plan because everybody knew he was going to go in there and just try to park the bus, maybe get something on the counter or a penalty or something. And, you know, grab his point. The Chelsea people knew that was coming. And then Pedro, 30 seconds in, um, you know. On a that great all. accidental assist. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, the the uh, talk about Conte, meaning. The, Which one? Mourinho put, uh, yeah, Antonio. Mourinho making this, he's now made this about himself. And which is what he's done for years, that he's now taken the focus off of the fact that Manchester United just got blasted for nothing. Uh, and now we're talking about Mourinho's pettiness about yeah. touchline it, celebrations. It, it, it is a nice psychology, a nice, uh, it is a nice psychology excuse. Yeah. Um, but to me, just because and there's a few things, one, your plan should never be so fragile that one goal derails it. Mm-hmm. All right. Just throw that out there. I don't care what coach you are. I don't think that Pep Guardiola is going into a game saying that if they score one, we're screwed. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't happen that yep. way. Um, so I, I don't want to put too much emphasis on the goal 30 seconds in just derailing everything. Yes, of course, it's not ideal to start, but they could have played the exact same way and still hope for the one on the counterattack yep. that they were hoping for before, which would still get them the point that they were still desiring. Yes. Most likely. So, for for the Manchester United side, what is really, really troubling is, is they can't seem to get anyone involved offensively. That midfield is not performing very well. Uh, Paul Pogba looked absolutely enveloped by the midfield of Chelsea, which is shocking yeah. to me. That was the most shocking part of it, was that Modic and Conte completely took him away. Yep. <clears throat> Conte's about a quarter of the size of... Uh... <laughs> Pogba right. too. And it's not like Conte was like going in on challenges all the time. It was just Chelsea just would not let him create. Yep. There was uh, the, the most creation that Pogba was doing was about 70 yards away chipping balls in towards Ibrahimovic. Yeah. And he played to be fair, Ibrahimovic had one or two of those that he chested down and put a shot on target. Yeah. In fact, one of them was a really good save from Courtois, but the game was already over. It was 3-0 mm-hmm. at the time. But um it was it was just a clinic. It, it was just an attacking clinic put on by Chelsea. I mean, De Gea, in a game where he lets up four goals, typically you're going to see like 10 or 12 saves because there's just no way that the Manchester United defense and David De Gea just get beat that badly. Right. That was not the case. No. no. And to make matters worse for United, uh, Eric Bailly, it, it looks like it's a bad injury. Yes. Yep. Looks like he's gonna miss a f- at least a few weeks i don't know if they've come out with a full diagnosis yet some sort of knee ligament issue but uh it looked promising because pogba was playing in the number 10 and like that's kind of where we keep saying he needs to be they had ander herrera and fellaini as their kind of two um defensive Fellaini, midfielders it, it is mind-bogglingly arrogant of <laughs> Uh, of Mourinho to think that he is the one that's going to unlock the potential of Marouane Fellaini. Sorry, keep, I, I interrupted you. Sorry, uh, go ahead. That lasted 45 minutes um, because they were already losing so badly that they had he had to throw on Juan Mata, which you know uh, is never something that Mourinho really wants to do. But Mata actually looked pretty good in his uh, 45 minutes. But they just, which obviously pushed Pogba back. Um, but they, 
I just, uh, everybody, you know, all of the English writers that I have to follow on Twitter and stuff are always, all they keep saying is why can't Michael Carrick get into this team? And, uh, I kind of, I've been saying it. Why hasn't Schneiderlin? He's apparently been banged up for a while, but, um, the fact that you think, as you said, like the gall of Mourinho thinking he's the one who's going to make Fellaini like this world-class player is just absurd. What's equally absurd to me is, do you know how many assists Nemanja Matic has this season? He leads the league in assists. Yes. <laughs> he's got five assists. Yes. It's crazy. I think he has an assist in three consecutive games. Yeah, I think that, I believe you said after that first one that he had where he dribbled through everybody. Breath, right? you said, yeah, you said he won't have another one the whole season. <laughs> now he leads the league. It's cr- he's Cesc Fabregas of two years ago yeah. and Mesut Ozil of last year. He's not really it's, that good, but you know he's not. Uh, and it's not. And the Monich assist, by the way, it was for Conte's goal, which was basically a solo Conte goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was but, a la- last touch before a goal scored. Yeah, well, I mean, Ma- I mean, Ma- I, what was really surprising about that goal is how easy it was for uh, Angolo Conte to ball handle, if you yeah. will, around the entire defense with one move, with yep. one cutback. Yep. Anyway, it was. What's really been? I mean, there's been Monich and Conte have looked good as a pair recently i'm not saying it's always worked but recently uh what really looked like it's worked is the uh the wingbacks the balance that chelsea now have um out wide and then allowing hazard to come inside or to go wherever he wants really um that balance is finally something that antonio conte always craves but the fact that alonso on the left victor moses on the right have the energy to go up and down the pitch i mean moses does a little bit of defending not much i gotta be honest but team Alonso, high six interceptions for Moses. Yeah, I, that's great. But <laughs> come on, let's be honest. He's not. He's not. Yes. He's not the reason. Yes. Um, it's it's it, it's it's good to see Chelsea have wit and not Bronislav Ivanovic as the wit. Yeah. God, that took two years too long. Um, and now, it, and now they have threats all over the park now and you can't just let Chelsea have the ball anymore because if you do they will eventually break you down yep <clears throat> and Moses's play has all but killed Willian's potential for playing time like you can't the no, way that Moses it, is playing you can't make that switch now no 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 no. it would be for Pedro you mean, you mean Pedro because Pedro is the one that replaced Willian oh that's right that's right I'm sorry yep although Pedro has played pretty well too yeah I mean, he, that I was just about to get into that Pedro had not only did he Yes, he had a go- he had a goal and assist, but that's not all he did. I mean, he was a, a very good provider just for Diego Costa to get involved, yep. or he I think he had the back flick that started the move for Conte. It was just it was a really good all around performance. I mean, the, the stars of the show I, I will say again were Modic and Conte because not only did they get on this offensive score sheet, but defensively they kept one of the two of the most dangerous forces and physical specimens in the Premier League. They, they 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 contained them. Yep. I don't, I don't say they completely shut them down because I think Ibrahimovic had like six shots on goal, four or five shots on goal or something like that. It was he was still he was still threatening and Coutinho made a couple of good saves, but it was it was just. Are you believing was, the Chelsea defense now, which no. I've been plugging for weeks for you, trying to convince you? No, okay. I don't. Is it three I, straight I, clean sheets? Two of them he didn't make a save. <laughs> like, uh, 
I'm just saying. Or he had like one save. I mean, I think five saves might be the most Coachois has in a game all season. But for me, what's what what the best? One of the better part. There's a lot of best parts apparently because I keep saying the best part, the best part. Um, Eden Hazard. It's a good day for you. Yeah, it was a good day. Uh, Eden Hazard looks like he's having fun, and that's a good thing for him. Oh, he doesn't, doesn't have a coach that like... makes him sad anymore. Thank yes. goodness. Give me a break. People keep forgetting how young these guys are. <sighs> it matters. He's, they're not children. That's true. <laughs> Million-dollar athletes. My gosh. Yeah, multi-million. Yeah. Um, Pounds. It, it, yeah. Anyway, for me, I mean, the, the, you're right, though. The one question going forward for Chelsea, well, for me, there's multiple, but for the one, the one that's fantasy Premier League relevant, is it Pedro or is it Willian? Yeah. Uh, I still think it's Willian. I think it would be really insensitive for one. That the death of his mother causes sure. him to lose his job. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Willian did also get in this game in the second half too. But yep. he wasn't. It was. It was late. It was late in the game. It was. It was a fitness thing. He only trained two days before yes. this game. So it's. I think he will get his job back next week when Chelsea. I believe they take on Southampton, but which would you know. No, What's, I think uh, it's. Uh, I think Sunderland plays Southampton. Chelsea. Oh, you know, you're right. Excuse me. Yep, Chelsea at Southampton. Facts, facts, facts favor me for once. Yeah, we are. Uh, but for yeah, but for Chelsea, I don't want to get carried away. Uh, I'm going to. It was a very important victory. <laughs> it was a very important victory, but it was against a team that is still trying to find itself mm-hmm. in Manchester United. Um, either way. It does kind of make up for the humiliation for Arsenal. Uh, it, it, it's a nice, it's a nice marker to put down to show that you are moving forward, mm-hmm. especially because mm-hmm. the three-four-three seems to be working. I mean, when you seems deploy it in the second half, when you deploy it in the second half against Arsenal and you get humiliated a little bit, that's a little understandable. Yeah, um, but it does appear it, it, for me. It's still early. Like you know, it, it's it's only two or three games. Like it's a long season. Mm-hmm. You got to take the got to take the long game and, and it's not like anyone else plays this system so i mean i think the league will figure out a way to attack it they just haven't yet yeah i think that's fair so, you know if we get to like if we get through boxing day and they're still you know like only letting up like a goal like every other game that's ridiculous like that mm-hmm. something is really working that I'm, i didn't expect i just don't think that's the case okay all right I apologize for the technical difficulties of being in San Francisco and the internet being questionable. However, well, it's not like I will it's be close back to again. Silicon Valley or anything. Exactly. I'll be back next time from San Francisco with the same internet as we preview <laughs> game week number 10 Tens. for the Premier League. And uh, this, uh, so today's podcast was also sponsored by Mac Weldon. Get your 20% off your first order by going to MacWeldon.com with promo code ROTOSOCCER. We will catch you later on this week. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit RotoWire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.